I'm Eric, grateful believer who's in recovery for substance abuse. Hey, how's everybody doing? We good? Ready to hear about hope tonight? Yeah? Okay. Um, let's open up with prayer real quick. Father God, um, thank you for, for what you've given me to talk about tonight, and I just pray that you allow me to communicate it in the right way. Um, use me in however you need to. Um, I know that there is, there is someone that needs to hear what I'm going to say tonight, so give them the ears to hear it, um, and I just pray that you continue to use us for good, uh, give us purpose, um, and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen. So, like we talked about, we're going to talk about hope tonight, um, in our first couple lessons, if you've been here the past two weeks, um, we recognized our unmanageability uh, through processing denial and powerlessness, kind of denial and powerlessness is heavy, you know, sometimes feels convicting. Um, this week, we move on to step two and principle two, and this is a place where we find hope and talk about hope. And... You know, it's, it's, um, there's a reason why we start talking about hope early on. It's not at the end of all this. It's talking about hope right now because we have it in the moment, right in the middle of the struggle. Um, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Let me, let, me read, um, let me just read the principles and the steps real quick, uh, those two, real, just so we can kind of posture ourselves towards that. Uh, principle two is earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. And then step two is we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So I'm going to speak directly kind of on my own situation, but I'm willing to bet that some of you, at least someone, can relate to my experience. Um, once I started using drugs, I, I didn't want to stop. Then I got to a place that I couldn't stop. And I tried on my own. I got sent to rehab. So I quit drugs, and then I started the cycle over with alcohol. Now, this is kind of cliff notes, obviously. Um, but it didn't take long for my, for my life to start going downhill again, uh, back in a cycle of alcoholism. And I was losing everything. And I, I honestly didn't care at that time. And when I finally started to care, the people that I cared about were starting not to care about me. Or at least it felt like it. They were giving up on me. Um, I would pray to just miraculously not want to drink again, not want to use substance. That's what I wanted. Not work towards not doing that, but just to wake up and not have that anymore. Um, but if I'm being honest, I really, at that time, didn't even know who I was praying to. I called him God, but I didn't know his heart. I didn't know that I mattered to him. I didn't know him personally um, because I was hopeless. And I've probably said multiple times that you've heard me teach that the, 12, the step that we're teaching this week, or whatever week it was, 
is the most important step of all. It's the most important one. And I feel like that's part of the beauty of the program is because whatever step you are doing really does feel like the most important step that is of all of those. Um, it's the most beneficial. It's the most freeing. And when I go back, even though I've worked these steps, as I go back, it feels like, man, how awesome was that when that was happening? Or, man, I really need to do that again. Um, the turning point in my recovery will, I'll always remember it as the moment I started including God in my recovery. That's when things changed for me. I didn't even know at that time that I was working step two. To believe that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit inside of me has the power to help me recover, to help you recover, is the key to success. That's the key to all this. And I know for some, you know, just believing and putting faith in something because you say you want to isn't always realistic. Faith and trust have to be built and grown. So if you aren't at a place where you're surrendering to step two yet, I encourage you to study, uh, read scripture, talk to other believers, hear the proof of what he's done for other people. God wants us to have an honest love for him. That's why the step says, came to believe. Saying came to believe kind of describes a process. It's not just immediately believe, but we came to believe through the process. There's consideration, doubt, reasoning, concluding. That's all process. So for the people here that already have a firm belief, who are firm believers, followers of Jesus, you already know, you already know what type of hope you start to feel from him when he starts blessing you, when you start feeling his love. You already know about that. So for a moment, I want to talk to anyone, someone who isn't at that point yet. I want to I give you some practical things to try. Not just tell you what you need to do, but try to give you something practical to, to, to do that. Um, and, it, and it sounds really simple. Um, and it's because it is simple. It's um, forming a relationship with Christ is simple. He doesn't complicate it, so we don't need to either. So make a mental note. Write these down if you're taking notes. I promise you, you'll get closer to Christ, and he will reveal himself in your life if you do these things, easy things. Pray. Read the Bible. Do nice things for people. That's it. That's all you got to do. Pray, read the Bible, do nice things for people. And he'll start showing up. Pray in the morning. Wake up. Talk to him. Thank him for something. Ask him something. Anything. Just talk to him in the morning. Before you go to sleep, thank him for what happened today. Thank him for making it through the day. Another day, not drinking. Another day not using, another day not being in a toxic cycle of whatever you're here for. Just thank him for that. I said read the Bible. Don't, don't just read it to complete it. Read it to understand. You don't have to finish it in a certain amount of time. 
Just get in his word and just get to know who he is. Because that's what the Bible is. The Bible is written proof of his heart and his love. A history of it. Uh, So take your time and then pray about what you read. You don't have to understand it. Pray Pray about not understanding it. Pray about him giving you knowledge or wisdom to figure it out. Wrestle with whatever's in there. You're not always going to believe everything that you read. I know that that sounds bad, but you're not. You're not always going to believe everything. That's why you have brothers and sisters that know more than you. That's why you have a sponsor that has what you want. And you go to him and him or her, and you talk to them about those kind of things. The We've talked about it a lot. The, the, the pain, the struggle always gives us growth. That's when we're growing. So go through that as you read. I said, do kind things for other people. Just be willing to do things out of the way for others that you weren't asked to do or that you don't have to do. Sometimes showing other people Jesus will allow you to see that in them too. The Jesus in you will recognize the Jesus in them and that will slowly have you having conversation with him. So those three things, just try it. Paul writes in Ephesians 1, 18 through 19, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? I thought that was cool. The, the, start, the start of this hope takes openness. You know, you say, how, how do I get hope? Well, you've got to be open. You're coming here, you're here, so you remotely are open to the process, unless you're just being forced here, and maybe we'll forcefully make you open to it. But, but, um, but just being here shows an openness to at least give it a try. Um, if you work through step one, you stop denying your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. You've been open to sharing in a small group. We do that every week. Maybe you've been open to getting phone numbers of other people. Um, That openness should be building hope in you. Hope that things are changing, and there's a possibility that this may just be the time that you end the tiring cycle, because hope opens doors. Hope discovers what can be done instead of complaining about what can't be done. In all of this, there's, there's a, deep down in it, there's a want for change. You know, that's why we're here. We show up here wanting to change, change something. Before you came here, what did you look to to change? You say, if I get a better job, I'll be able to change. Um... More money will help me change. I just need to make more money. 
once I start this diet, once I start looking prettier, once I lose some weight, then I'll start changing. If I could just start dating someone, if I had someone to spend time with, then I can change. Once I leave her or him, I'll start changing. I just need to get them out of my life. If my family would butt out of my business, then I can change. Does that sound familiar? Anybody? Yeah? We look, we look to the wrong things to change. And I've done that. If you place your hope in temporary things, you will get changed temporarily. Write that down. If we look, or I'm sorry, if you place your hope in temporary things, you will only get changed temporarily. But your proximity to Jesus will determine the longevity of your transformation. The closer you are to Jesus, the stronger your change is going to be. So start expecting change. Tom always talks about, I always remember this, he always talks about um, praying expectantly. Pray as if you already know that God is going to answer what you're asking him for, because you're coming to him for the right reason. He says, we come to him in his, with his will, through his will, he will do what we ask him. Pray expectantly. Now I'm urging you to take it a step further, and I'm saying live expectantly. Live expecting God to show up and bless you. And when you don't feel blessed, live expecting that he will use his ability to make ugly circumstances beautiful for you specifically because he loves you uniquely. When you, when you read the Bible, have you, have you ever put yourself like in the situation of the people you're reading about? I do that all the time. I say, man, if, if Jesus asked me to do that, there's no way I would even question him. No way. I would know for sure that he's who he says he is. I'd do exactly what he asked me. I say, I think if Jesus asked me to sell everything and follow him, I'd do it for sure. I wouldn't be afraid if Jesus told me to, to walk on the water towards him. If I was David and I knew that God was behind me and protected me, I would not be afraid to go up against Goliath. I always put myself in those situations. I say these things because, and you may say these same things too, because you already know how it turns out, right? We all know who wins in the end. So when Jesus told Peter and his brother Andrew to follow him at the Sea of Galilee, he, he would make them fishers of men. They didn't know at that very moment what a huge decision they were making. They didn't know, but they did it. They didn't understand how their lives were going to start changing. What has God been asking you to do? If you think that miracles are restricted to moments in the Bible, then following the sound of the Holy Spirit in like little small instances throughout your day may not seem like that big of a deal because you're not recognizing them as miracles. Because a lot of times we say, that just happened way back then. That kind of stuff doesn't happen now. That was for them. 
But when you realize that God still works miracles every day, you start to feel his love and you see the power of just leaning into him. I wonder if my story, if your story was written down and we were reading it, if I would recognize like how much he shows up for me or how much he shows up for you. If we were, if, if God was documenting that and we were showing all the moments that he talked to us, spoke to us, protected us, all those things, would we recognize that that's him in those moments? Because the people in the Bible didn't always recognize that it was them and that was happening. Some of you may have never thought of it this way, but as a follower of Christ, I know how your story ends too. We know how it ends. We don't think about it that way. But it ends in victory. If we are following Christ, it ends in victory. It's just what what are we going to do with it between now and victory? How much sweeter can we make that? How much more can we bring, you know, bringing the kingdom to us now? How do we do that? I know we look towards the kingdom, but God is inside of us right now. When he tells us we're a temple, it's not just because he made us, but it's because he put the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're walking around with him inside of us. So what are we going to do with that? So if you can live expectant of victory, his hope will have you working for his kingdom every day. I wanna, I'm going to close out with a, a portion of scripture from Romans. It's Romans. It starts at Romans 5.1, and honestly, I didn't even write down how far it goes. Um, I hadn't really planned out how I'm going to do this, but why, can, I, can I ask you guys to stand up? Can we do that? I'm going to read a portion of this. I'm just going to start out the first of it, and then I just want you all to repeat what I say, we'll just repeat it, read it together. I don't have it up on the screens, but we'll just, you just repeat what I say. I made it, I'll make it short uh, so you can remember what I'm saying. Because I want, you to, I, want you to feel, I want you to feel the power in what Paul, a man imprisoned, in prison. Don't we feel like we're in prison sometimes? A man in prison wrote this, still having hope giving glory to God in what I probably would have already given up on at that moment. So Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And I want you to repeat this. And we exalt in hope, of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. 
and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us.